Welcome to the Planet X Cinema Podcast. We are a pop-up movie theater in the great state of Texas. We show films in a genre we call righteous trash. Basically movies that don't quite stack up or haven't found their audience yet. Our only rule is that we only show movies that we love. On this podcast, we don't talk about movies that already exist. We invent new ones with the help of the Planet X community. We take hypothetical movie titles supplied by you, the Planet X faithful, and turn them into fully fleshed out films. It's like a writer's room, but like a bad one. And you can email us your suggestions at planetxcinema at gmail.com or through our website at planetxcinema.com. I'm Blair Hicks. And I'm Drew Hicks. And holy shit, did we knock it out of the park last week. Kudos all around. Yes. Hey. All right. Thank you. I am such a big fan of how great thou art. <laughs> and I would also like to thank again Ben Bellamy for that a great movie title. So it was great. You. It was great. I think I think we pulled it out there. Um and and we got to talk about Striper. So that was that was worth my time. <laughs> I definitely didn't listen to a whole bunch of Striper following the podcast. <laughs> no, and I definitely didn't watch you do that over <laughs> over the the webcam here. And um still at it, Striper, man. They put out an album this year. That is nuts to me. And you were saying like Jackal puts out one every every year, every other I year. I don't know how yeah, I don't know how prolific they still are, but I heard on another podcast that they had an ungodly number of uh of albums and uh yes spotify is verified for me that jackal has a ridiculous number <sighs> good uh, lord okay well uh we're not here to talk about 80 sarah metal explicitly explicitly we, we are here to talk about hypothetical movie titles that we turn into cinematic gold so this week i have a suggestion it come to it comes to us from uh andy kettler thank you very much andy thanks andy uh, andy's suggestion for a planet x movie title is Crypt Crushers. Wow. Have we not shown that film? <laughs> it's one of the Ator movies, right? Uh, it's like Ator 5, The Crypt Crushers. Miles O'Keefe is The Crypt Crusher. Um, that is a brilliant movie title. Thank you again, Andy. That is a really good one. Um, Crypt Crushers. Crushers. So we've well, got multiple Crushers, multiple ones. So are yep. the Crypt Crushers the heroes or the villains of the piece? Oh boy. Okay. That's a great question. My man. Okay. So the first place I went was sword and sorcery. Like, I think it's right there. I like that. The first place I went was vampire hunters in that they were crushing crypts. So. Oh man. I like that a whole lot more. See, I didn't, I didn't want to go pure sword and sorcery. The second thing I thought of was grave digger. And then I went into like a weird monster truck place, but that doesn't seem right. Well, why don't, why don't we do a sword and sorcery, but um, you know, a a pre-Willow, pre-Lord of the Rings, sword and sorcery. So we're talking, you know, your low budget, uh, one of our you know, sword and sorcerer, something like that. Uh, it, Dragon Slayer would be pushing it, but something in that vein. But it's uh, it's kind of like your modern uh, bad, uh, like Van Helsing kind of vampire hunter movie. Yeah. But, uh, but kind of over the top, Crip Crush. Well, mm. no, I like I like the vampire hunter angle. Yeah, I like that. That sounds fun. I want to. The title doesn't suggest sword and sorcery to me. So. No, it sounds more like. Uh, yeah, I mean, it sounds like irreverent eighties, like mon. It sounds like Monster Squad, right? Like the Crypt Crushers. This will be new for us because we really don't know that much about bad 80s action films yeah so, we're really we're really out of our league here <laughs> that's okay i think this is a learning exercise and i'm ready to go although so, hey we did we did kind of an 80s action flick last week do we want to do another one 
let's think about our possibilities. I'm totally with you on that. So um, we can always set a movie now. I never have a problem doing that. That's totally fine. Mm -hmm. Crypt Crushers definitely would only be a movie title that was used in the 80s or in the straight-to-video market in the 90s. So see, that's where I'm going with it. What if it's like a, what if it's like a kid's cartoon? The word crypt in the title of a kid's cartoon? Uh, yeah, there was like skeleton warriors. There was like... Skeleton does not a crypt, my friend. Like crypt is, that's a dark word. Um, okay, all right. I was just thinking like, I don't know, like, you know, it's a gang of friends and they all have like crystals in their chest and they have to go beat up evil skeletons. Oh, okay. All, like okay. there's like Lord Vampiro, who's like the head of the skeletons or something. And like they're, they're always busting up his crypts. Okay. All right. Cool. That's totally different. Cause I was thinking like a, basically like a expendables vampire hunter movie, but now, see, now, now you've said that, that sounds so much more fun to me. I don't want, cause like, here's the thing. I think Crip Crusher is the nineties children's cartoon. I, I've already seen that in my head movies. Oh like, yeah. I can mm-hmm. sit here and go, all right. Yeah. I'm just going to take this from the King Arthur and the Knights of whatever. And I'm going to take this from Silverhawks. And I'm going to jam those together with Cowboys from Moo Mesa. Now I've got Crypt Crushers. Um, wow, now I just want to go watch cartoons. Um, <laughs> I love Cowboys from Moo Mesa. It's the greatest cartoon ever. It's a gun that shoots stars. I love hey, it. Hey, Blair, is, is it the greatest cartoon ever? Is, um, it, is Cowboys from Moo Mesa the greatest cartoon ever? It was a, it was a noble artistic <laughs> attempt to make I really liked it when I was a kid. They were you're, literally cowboys. You're a crazy person. That show is hot garbage. Um, all right. Um, well, <laughs> agree to disagree. Um, okay, but we're gonna go. We're gonna go. Uh, 80s squad. Late, late 80s. Totally late 80s. Yep. Uh, it's like a like a Lost Boys era, um, kind of horror film. I think it's definitely like teens, right? Or like 20-year-olds that they're trying to pass off as teens. Yeah, I definitely think that these I don't are think it's a kid like, flick. No, it's not a kid flick. It's 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 either a hard PG-13 or a soft R. I yeah. Think. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um uh I I'd, I'd like to do it as like um kind of a grittier more urban adult version of monster squad so like take the things you like about monster squad where it's like a a, like a a, let's i won't say lovable because we're doing like grittier but a a sympathetic group of of vampire hunters now we're gonna have to vampire hunters we're gonna have to be careful here because there's a lot of ground already tread yeah what i'm thinking is like okay tonally i'm going to like night of the creeps or night of the comet where it's like it's like 85 percent a horror movie but 15 percent kind of a comedy and it's sort of marketed towards like late teens to early 20s right yeah i definitely don't want to end up in like blade territory no hell no 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 well, and by that, I really meant more like, I don't want there to be heavy mythology. I want this to be straight up vampire killings. You know what Is I mean? It, yeah, it, I'm, I'm with you though on the va- The vampire thing feels like really well-worn territory. And I'm afraid if we make a late 80s vampire movie, 
Oh, dude. Like mummy. Timmy, Timmy, Timmy Capello's going to wander into it, and pretty soon we're going to have Lost Boys. Did you has just anyone, say mummies? Because that's where I wanted to take this. Has anyone ever done a mummy uprising movie? Because I think that's what we're talking about here. Mummies come okay. from crypts. Yes, yes. So mummies explicitly come from crypts. Two. Not zombies, not vampires. Right. So two, mummies. we could do like a Brendan Fraser's mummy-esque thing where we have like a powerful mummy lord who is building subterranean tunnels underneath this small town with his like zombie thralls, like his monstrous companions. Man, that's this, three small towns in a week. I was thinking for a big urban area this week, but that's all no, right. No, you're right. No, 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 we got it. You're right. We got to do it. So it's got to be sewers, sewers in Chicago. Under, okay, that's fine. Uh, something, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it could be yeah. New York, I guess, but like. No, no, I want to do like Rust Belt, you know, Detroit, Cincinnati. Okay, perfect, perfect, perfect. Um, suburban, very gritty, very suburban. Yeah, it could be St. Louis or Cincinnati or something. Also, super cities to film in makes a better Planet X film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I like the idea that, uh, is it too Monster Squad if, like, it's an actual mummy who is being brought to, like, a museum and it, like, falls off a truck and goes no. down into the sewer? Is that enough of a, of a setup? It's, it's, en it's enough of a jumping off point. Like, I, I, I think we definitely have to have head mummy. Right, there has to be like the big, the big baddie, right? Like mm -hmm. you have to have. There's lots of mummies, and they're like foot soldiers. You're just wading through them, right? You're just crushing crypts left and right. But, yeah. but you have to have. Oh, oh dude, he's, he's got the power to resurrect the dead. We're so not doing zombies. Well, I mean, they kind of are zombies, right? But he's got to have expendable foot soldiers. If he's in a city, maybe he maybe he shacks up in the sewer, but also like it's under the graveyard. So he's like taking bodies from the graveyard and turning them into his like thralls. Okay. Is that too? Is that too like I mean, those are zombies, right? Those We're are zombies. About zombies. I'm willing to go that way. I want to throw out a wacky idea and just see what you think. Hypnotism. Because, again, I've never seen a mummy uprising film, and I think the only way you could do it is if there's like a traveling exhibit, which is like mummies of the Nile Delta at the museum mm. and the head mummy reanimates all the mummies. But the only reason I say that is it gives you very specific characters like <gasps> the girl that works at the museum and the, you know, the local law enforcement. What do you got? Okay. What if, what if it's not an Egyptian mummy, it's an Aztec mummy. I would much rather do that. This is great. Let's go with this. I like so this. now, now we, I mean, we can set it in Texas. We can set it anywhere in the American Southwest, but I think oh, Texas makes a lot of sense. This is a hometown flick. Let's go, let's yeah. go hometown. And the oh. thing is, the thing is, so he like, you know, he was killed by conquistadors or something and he's been in the earth all this time. And for whatever reason, now he's coming back and it's not zombies. He doesn't raise the dead. He can hypnotize people. Like, he has, like, magic power, so he's turning people into his thralls. Like, his mindless invasion of the body snatchers sort of... I like. I like yeah. this. So now, now our heroes can't just kill those people because they're not... There's not, like, zombies they can just wade through. They actually have to, like, contain them and trap them and figure out, like, who's been taken over by the Mummy Lord and who's still safe to talk to. I really um, like this. We need to maintain... We need to make sure, though, that there is still crypt crushing. Otherwise, the name totally. doesn't make any sense, right? Totally, totally, totally. So, so I think... Uh, uh, how about instead of, like, one mummy lord 
It's okay. a small cabal of Aztec. Oh, monks. like Aztec sorcerers or something. Right. So there's like, let's say four. Four is a good number. Four horsemen of the pocket. Perfect. Four. Perfect. So we've got four Aztec mummies mm-hmm. of, of like Aztec sorcerers and we're going to tread really lightly on the aztec cultural crap no dog no i think i'd be like yeah okay of course like i don't want to appropriate this or anything no i mean i mean can you imagine no no can you imagine like a late 80s action horror movie with a with a mummy but all the mummies have like feather headdresses on and like that we can do all the quetzalcoatl imagery like that's what i'm saying um, the best thing about it is if you set it in texas then you get all of these badass characters that are basically like people we grew up with which are these hardcore tex-mex people and they know azteca culture dude i'm thinking there's there's a santeria angle in here where the good guys can like use santeria to to try and you know uh get people back who have been taken over like this is going to be great no this is going to be great this is good. I really like it. Um, you can even work in fun South Texas, like lowrider culture. You can work in all kinds of fun stuff. I think it makes it really. Oh, cool. that's a great scene. If like yeah. if the if the Aztec mummy, one of them, like when they first arrive there, it's like a it's like a Beastmaster two or Masters of the Universe moment where like they're like they're walking down the street with all their gold and feathers, and then like some lowrider guys come up and they're like, "Hey, great bling or nice jewelry or whatever." And they like look over and like hiss at their car, and they're like, "Oh, you're looking at my lowrider." And they make the lowrider do the thing, and all the zombies are like, or all the mummies are like, "Magic!" Like, <laughs> it also it also gives you the excuse to like like make the Crypt Crushers Ecto One like the most hardcore like charcoal gray primer with the sugar skull on the back windshield. Oh yeah, it's an El Dorado. Yeah, absolutely. Like or El, Cam- just- El Camino. Sorry. Yeah, an El Camino. And, yeah, with, um, a Calaver- with a big Calavera sticker on it. Yeah, absolutely. Like, that would be... Okay, this is great. I really, really, really like this. Um, I think that we... Okay, so now we've got a bunch of elements. Let's start to get a plot together. Yep, yep. Um, we've So we got lots of good color, lots of scenery, mm-hmm. a couple of set pieces. So... What our our heroes are going to be? What did we say? Like, basically, twenty year old. I I think it'd be better to have them be like twenty something kind of going nowhere. People is kind of more they're, fun. They're a band. Oh, that's good. They're like a punk band or a heavy metal band. I like that's that's why they have the that's why they have the El Camino. Like that's their band car right? That they load up all their gear in. And now we've got an easy way to segment them out. So like, How? there's a drummer, there's a bass player, there's a guitar player, there's a singer. These are our heroes. These are the Crypt Crushers. This is great. How close to the gate can we get without totally ripping it off in that they basically know how to pull things off because of metal album? Oh. Uh. Or is it too close? Do you want to just not do it? Because that, that is the gate yeah um yeah is that too like necronomicon-y like too well uh, i'm glad you said that and i'm gonna say this and then we're gonna get on with the podcast but i realized the last time i watched the gate that it is lovecraft for kids and that's why it's the best movie ever but um yeah it's a real good movie it's a real good movie um maybe that's too close i was just kind of trying to play on the band angle thing um yeah no i like it i think the band can be called the crushers 
oh, obvious. Oh, that's great. Right. So even be called Crip Crusher. Yeah, I like calling the band the the Crushers, and then it's like Crusher. Winky. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's not quite titular, but it's close enough. Well, then, and let's, then make them, let's make them what the late '80s saw as a punk band, which is kind of an inoffensive new wave band. Okay. Okay. So. You could even, you could, but I like the idea of like four heroes, four evil Aztec mummies. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's good symmetry. We can have each of them take out, each of them takes out one of the Aztec lords in the, in like the final. Oh man. Okay. So yeah, so there has to be like a, um, there's an angle to this that's kind of like Gwildor and Masters of the Universe where the Aztecs are using, or the Aztec, evil mummy sorcerers are using some kind of music or chanting there's like the the big final scene and like the keyboardist or the guitar player whoever like the music virtuos virtuoso is like he's the one that like solves the puzzle he's like no we got to play these notes or we have to play this note to cancel out their note like there has to be some kind of like i love the idea that they're like a badass band that's gonna go bust up some like undead skulls but then I think at the end, it has to be not because they were badass, but because they're in a band. That's how they solve the big ultimate problem and in crush what? the proverbial crypt. Because of when this movie is coming out, I just checked. I had to check the La Bamba release date. Mm-hmm. We can have Luke Diamond Phillips and Matthew McConaughey in that band, and it's not unbelievable. <laughs> Right, who, who, with, what band members are they? Because you know we have to, we have to take a minute here. And we have to figure out the whole band. Well, okay. And I'm, I, I'm I wanna... so far out of my league for how we're going to cast this particular nug. Well, that's that's what I was trying to think about. I was like, well, okay, who's a bit? I I would think that what they would do is get a couple like up and comers. If we're talking late '80s, La Bamba's '87, so Lou Diamond Phillips is definitely doable. Okay. Um, okay. What I was wondering is. Would they cast like if if I was casting it, I would cast like Alejandro Escobedo as one of the band members. Like he would be the guitar player because he is a guitar player. You just and you know, and he still wouldn't have that. He he still only has like a cult following. So yeah, I really like I really like Lou Diamond Phillips. I think that's a great poll. I think Lou Diamond Phillips. I would like to put like Alejandro Escovedo. I think would be great because he's this cool, very distinct Tex-Mex um, rock and roll genius that would be great to see in a movie. What <laughs> and about? Then, um... But you've got to have a couple of McConaughey-esque like South Texas. Do I want the band to be just very much is... like people we knew growing? Yeah. Up. Is is Richard Branscombe? Is he too old to be in this one? Oh, how old I, is he? Crap. I think a, I think a young or Branscombe Richard. Excuse me. He's he's got two first names. <laughs> Which one is it? Shit. No, it's Richard. Richard. Branscombe Richard. It was Branscombe Richard. Okay, thank God. How old is he? Uh, let's see, he was born in the 50s, it looks like. Yeah, 55. So he would have been, been great. No, no, he'd have been perfect. He's well, 63 now. If you go back 30 years, he'd be 23. Nah, dog, in 80, if you're doing this in 88, he would be in his 30s. Even better. How, that's what I'm saying. They're in their early 20s. Early 30s can play 20s. They can be nondescript age in their 20s. 
Okay, I think we can play Branscombe Richard Young. I like him as the drummer. Is that weird that he's like a, a Native American and he's the drummer? Or is that... No. No, I why just, would that be weird? We're not... A, I don't know. I don't want to be reductive. I don't want to be... I don't want to put anybody in a box. I just think Branscombe Richard is awesome and he looks like, think, a, he looks like more of a drummer to me than Matthew McConaughey or Lou Diamond Phillips. I think, I think Lou Diamond Phillips should be the singer. I think Matthew McConaughey should be the bass player. I think Branscombe Richard should be the drummer. And I think Alejandro Escovedo should be the guitar player because he is a guitar player. I like that a lot. So we don't have to fake the hand. Don't have to fake that. Matthew McConaughey can play the drums. I'm sure he can fake bass, you know, and they, it's not like bands and movies ever look like they know what they're doing anyway. It's fine. Nah, this is going to work. All right. So this is our cast. We've got Matthew McConaughey. We have Alejandro Escobedo. We have Lou Diamond Phillips. Love that one. And we've got Branscombe Richard in the mix. So that's our band. That's our band. Our, our, our mummies can just be like uh, stunt actors. Uh, we'll get the four guys who played in uh, Ninja Turtles. There you go. Uh, they're, used, they're used to being in rubber suits. Just throw them in a suit. It's going to be fine. We're going to... And um, so that's, that's good. That's taken care of. Um, that's easy. Yeah, we don't, we don't have to cast the Aztecs. That's, that's all Hollywood special effects. Now, here's the elephant in the room that we haven't addressed yet. Why is this band stomping these mummies? Before we get to that, it's Lou Diamond Phillips' car, right? Um... Or is it Alejandro Escobedo's car? I think it's Alejandro Escobedo's car. Because I think, I think if you set it up like this in the, in the late 80s, that uh, everyone's going to have a little kind of subplot or affectation. Alejandro Escobedo is not an actor, so you're going to give him the easiest thing, which is that he has the car. Right. Ludwig Phillips is the lead singer. He's probably going to have the girlfriend story. Yeah, and McConaughey is like the—he's the Michelangelo of the group. He's, he's the, the irascible guy. scoundrel. He's I think Branscombe Richards the voice of reason. He's the voice of reason. He's the Donatello, he's, and he's clearly the most lovable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's—he's he's the, he's the one you'd most want to cuddle with. He's the moral conscience. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Cool. That, that, I thank you for taking the time to establish the team. I think this is going to make the rest of the movie really easy. Yeah, no, you just, if you got a four-person group, you just Ninja Turtle them, and it's, it's not that hard. So, That's it, uh, yeah. You know, Lou Diamond Phillips is your Leonardo, uh, McConaughey is your Michelangelo, um, uh, oh. Scum Richard is your Donatello. Well, actually, no, Alejandro Escovedo would be your Donatello because he does the cards, and then Branscom Richmond is, is really your Raphael because he's like, you're, oh, you're just agree. I disagree. I think I think Alejandro Escobedo is the Raphael. He's like the quiet one who's kind of a badass. So okay, so we're going. Oh, I like this. So going traditional TMNT. Yes, absolutely. I think that's the. I mean, you could you could run it with with Branscombe as the Raphael, but I I think he lends himself more to a Donatello. I like it. That's fine. So that's great. That works really really well. Um, and then is this I the think, stupidest conversation we've ever had? No, this is the best conversation we've ever had. I think what. <laughs> No, I think when you get to the mummies, the nice thing about writing a movie like this is that the mummies don't have to have distinct personalities. They just have to be visually different. So, you so I was, okay, I was thinking about this. Do you do like a three storms thing from Big Trouble in Little China? Or like, you know, one of them has like firepower and one of them has like lightning yeah. power and one of them has control over mines, right? Like there's one that's doing all the mind control stuff. Well, yeah, like I said, even even though it's four, like you you kind of have a leader in the band and Lou Diamond Phillips, and then you also have a leader in the mummies, and that's the mind control 
Mummy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's going to face off against Lou Diamond Phillips. The other three, like, if we had time to deep dive, I would rather deep dive and give them something distinctly, like, Azteca to go on. But, like, you could just go, like, you know. There's a strong one. Fire, water, yeah, you know, elemental or, like, yeah, exactly. Strength, speed, you know. Oh, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Mind control, right? So that one's gonna that one's gonna face off against Lou Diamond Phillips. Then you have like a really strong one, like the the one Aztec mummy that just like breaks rocks and he can punch through cars. And I think maybe Branscombe has to outsmart that one. Okay. Or something. I'm not totally sold. Uh, I think there's one that's just like yeah, like fire or energy. Like he can just shoot lightning, or he, he can do those like uh, rotoscoped lightning bolts from Ghostbusters oh, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Big Trouble. Like you know that kind of stuff. He does that thing. Uh, I think maybe, hmm, I guess maybe Alejandro Escobedo takes that guy out. Uh, I'm not really sure. But then I think there's one that can turn invisible. Um, like he can do like predator armor. Although how's that useful from a mummy perspective? I was. Can he move shit with his brain maybe? Or can the mind control one do that? The, the mind control guy has to be like, okay, so you have to think about it this way. Yeah, brain he can move power, stuff with his brain. Yeah. Brain power, mm -hmm. body power. Just pure strength. You have to have like a projectile, like an energy weapon. Yeah, we got that one. Yeah, that's that's a trope. So your your other one has to be um, like an illusionist. Can he like do like hallucinatory terrain and stuff? That's the one Matthew McConaughey is gonna fight. Levy. Yeah, like like yeah, he can make shit real trippy and like he can like oh he can do yeah. that thing he can do that thing where like they they made the whole set look like a ceiling and he like runs up on it so it looks like he can like run up walls and stuff. Yeah, and and it gives Matthew McConaughey a lot of time to be pithy Matthew McConaughey, right? Like yeah, like I didn't think I had that much to drink. Like <laughs> some weird shit, you know? Just you know that's. That that works. Yeah. What was what was in that that jazz cigarette? <laughs> <laughs> Which I, okay. So now you've got okay. So we've got our two groups. That's really nice. Um, now we need now we really need to get to the plot because we're <laughs> we're we've got great characters. Now we yep. need the plot, buddy. Okay. So, all right. I think that the I don't think that the the museum exhibit is the oldest mummy trope in the world. I think it's a good idea because there's never been a mummy movie like this. If you start it with the classic movie mummy movie setup and then go completely ape shit with it, I think that helps the movie. Okay, what if what if uh what if our band the Crushers are responsible for a crashing their car into the museum which sets the whole thing off. B uh, playing their music too loud in a warehouse next door and it blows out all the glass or something. Uh, or, oh, they're playing, they're not doing great because they can't be like a super popular band, right? They have to like be struggling. And uh, it's like uh, like their their amplifiers catch on fire so the crowd runs out of the club. I don't know, like I'm trying to, I'm trying to, is there some way that they can inadvertently be the ones to kick off the Aztec mummy apocalypse. Oh no, I think I think it, that's absolutely something. That's, that's not the heavy metal record. Like I think it has to be as a result of their incompetence. But we got this crypt thing that I want to play with. Like, there's got to be crypt crushing, man. Okay, okay, wait, 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 wait. What if? What if? Okay, what if? What if there's a uh, like a club that they're trying to save, or? Uh, like there's like a cool warehouse district or something and it's all being gentrified. Big developers are coming in, they're tearing down all the cool clubs and they're putting in like high-rise condos. So now there's all this subterranean work being done. 
right? Like the practice and, space, which doubles as their clubhouse hangout for all their buddies. Cool. Love it. Yes. And these big developers are coming along and digging like three or four stories down to lay the foundations for these new condos for all these yuppies. They're like cleaning it. up, they're cleaning up the whole neighborhood. And it's the con the evil condo developer who is like a second tier villain who like uh, inadvertently while like jackhammering, they accidentally crack open the mummy casket. It's Joe Nefario again. <laughs> Like, it's like, uh, it's kind of like, a um, oh man, what am I thinking of? Like, it, well, you get the idea, right? Like, I think- I totally get it. I like it. It's classic. Well, and now, now we already know the band hates Joe Nefario's, Nefario Real Estate, right? Joe Nefario's- yeah. Joe uh, Nefario Development. Nefario Development. Perfect. Nefario Properties, something like that. Yeah. And he's always coming around like, I'm going to buy this fucking club out from under you, you nerds. Like, whatever, blah, whatever. Kind of batteries not included. Yes, style. yes, 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 yes. Then when the brain control mummy gets out, he takes over Joe Nefario. And the, now the band already hates this guy, but now he's like super villain levels of like, he and his real estate, his guys with construction gear are now like attacking their cars with sledgehammers and like trying I like, to- I like this a lot. Can we get the guy from Batteries Not Included to play Joe Nefario? You know, the guy with the baseball bat? Can we get him in this? Oh, He'd be man. A great yeah, he's in the mix. What's that dude's name? I'll uh, pull it up. Keep going, because you're kind of on a roll. I'll find his okay. name. Okay, okay. So, so, so I think we've got, I think we've got everything we need. We've got Joe Nefario, Nefario Development. We've got, okay, I love it. Uh, it's like Bill and Ted kind of opening, like they're not good musicians but maybe they're like sort of love. I think they're lovable. Like they're yeah. beloved by their weird group of friends who hangs out in their practice space slash right. clubhouse with them. Well, and I think like, yeah, maybe they're, okay, do we go full 80s cornball? Like they're, they're struggling to come up with their next album concept. And then this whole mummy thing kicks off. And at the end of the movie, we see that they've released Crypt Crushers as a record. Yeah, maybe. Let's work. Okay. All right. Put a pin. Put a pin in that. The guy from uh, 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 Batteries Not Included. His name is Michael Carmine, and in 1989 he was 30 years old. Perfect. Perfect yuppie. I love it. Michael um, Carmine, kind of evil, just evil developer. So there we go. Got that in there. That's very nice. Um, yeah. So, 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 so here's the thing. Here's the thing. We've got to get this car underground. We've got to get this car in a subterranean tunnel. So they are crushing the crypt in the crusher mobile. Okay, so the crypt itself is, we're referring, I think it's gotta be, like we were talking last week with um, the uh, Carl Weathers movie with uh, How Great Thou Art about mm -hmm. this final set piece in a church. And I like a big final set piece for the battle. I think what you're gonna have to have is like, a, a large open space museum exhibit that's set up to replicate an Aztec crypt. Okay, okay. So it's like the inside of an Aztec pyramid. So you do have an actual crypt. Oh, you know, I like that. Okay, so I like that like the real estate developers are the ones who accidentally unearth these, like Rita Repulsa style, they, they pop the top on this mummy can and the mummies are out, but the mummies don't start at the museum. They're trying to get to the museum because that's where, that's where like the artifact they need is or the scroll that's gonna help them, you know, in the world or whatever. And they're using these subterranean tunnels 
they're digging them with their thralls. Cause remember their thralls are all construction workers. So now these construction workers are underground digging tunnels to get to the museum. And now we've got a MacGuffin, which helps us a lot, which is whatever it is the mummies need. It's the thing at the museum. It's the thing at the museum. The mummies need it. Lou Diamond Phillips will ultimately destroy it. And, and, yes, and. Yes, and, you've been taking improv lessons, buddy. Look at you. One of these guys, is it, is it, I think it's Lou Diamond Phillips. Does he work at the museum as like a security guard? Uh, no, it's got to be uh, McConaughey. Not, you think it's McConaughey? No, 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 I think it's Branscombe. I, I was going to say that, but I feel like I've given him a lot already. But okay, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Like, he's, he's a smart guy. He's just likable and strong. But he's the smart guy, right? He's the Donatello of the group, so that makes sense. Like, he knows the museum layout. You know, he knows all about the exhibit. Escovedo has to be the smart guy. He's the guitar player who has the cool car. He works on cars. He's the silent, intelligent type. But he's, like, street smart. No, but, but listen, listen to what I'm saying. Alejandro Escovedo is not, he's, he's not street smart. Well, I mean, he is street smart, but no, that's Branscombe. Branscombe is the like street smart, lovable brother figure who's just, he's giant. Everyone loves when the big dude is, the, is also the heart of the group. He's the Chewbacca. He is the Chewbacca. And I gotcha. so give him the security job because also it shows like he's a good guy. He's got character. He's got a job. What are these other three fuck nuts doing? We oh yeah. And he's, he's a little bit older too. So that plays, right? Like he's like, oh, I got 401k. Like it plays, it plays. He does. He's not down on the other guys, but he's the guy that's like, Oh man, we got to stop practice. Like I got to get to work. They end. He's the drummer. He puts the sticks down. He's like, sorry guys, got to go to work. That's an early scene. Oh my God. Oh my God, okay, Blair, no, 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 okay, yes, 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 yes. So, the thralls of the mummies are causing problems for the band. Uh, we'll have a few run-ins with them. Um, they're definitely are gonna get down in those crypts and find out there's like, I think maybe like the floor of the club collapses. Like, and they, uh, they that's- The clubhouse rehearsal space thing? Yeah, or? and that's kind of how they find out about these tunnels. And so, they're down there, they're mixing it up. At one point, they realize, uh, they're going for the museum. They get in the car, take the car down in the tunnels. Now we're like smashing whatever. We're having fun in the car. There's some vehicular like Temple of Doom kind of stuff that happens with that. The, they, they wreck the car. They get out. They emerge into the floor of the museum and they figure out, oh my God, they're going for the ceremonial dagger or they're going for the scroll that's going to end the world or whatever. Cut to, they go to the medieval wing and arm themselves. That could be good. So now, now we've got like kind of a new wave punk band, but they have like halberds. One of them has a broadsword. You know, Branscombe's in the mix with a battle axe. Alejandro Escobedo has like a really wicked looking spear, or a couple like daggers. And now they're like, they're going to go to town. This is good. I'm kind of, I'm, str- I'm kind of strong arming us into a Masters of the Universe direction. I love it. It feels you. right. It feels right. Please, if, if only I could find a woman who would strong arm me into a Masters of the Universe situation the way that my brother does. Then I would, then I could find happiness. But yeah, uh, definitely tell that to women too. Exactly the way you just said it. It's already on my OKC profile. Um, what <laughs> I was going to say though is there has to be a scene where the crushers realize kind of what there has to be that moment of realization, like they're fighting these weird evil guys, and they're like, "What the hell is going on?" There has to be like a everything kind of clicks scene that connects them 
it, it it's going to involve Branscom working at the museum and knowing something. You understand yep. what I'm getting at? There has to be a motive, not a motivating scene, just like a realization scene where it's like, oh, holy shit, like, we have to, we've got to go stop them. We have to stop these mummies. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, so I think the way you get there is you conflate the real estate development gentrification story, which initially starts off as their conflict, right? And then, so I think like, yeah, there's a scene where, uh, you know, Michael Carmine's character comes by the club and he's like, they're like, what are you doing here, yuppie? And he's like, this is the last time I'll step foot in here. I'm going to make you one final offer. And they're like, we're never going to sell, fuck off, whatever. And he's like, all right, next time I'm coming back with sledgehammers. And they're like, what a dick, he can't hurt us, blah, blah, blah. That night, so then, then we do the whole thing where the, the mummies wake up and they take control of the construction crew and all that stuff. That right. night, who comes to the club? Bunch of construction workers with sledgehammers. And they're like, I thought we told you guys to get out of here, like blah, blah, blah. Now that's like putty people. They just fight these construction workers for a little while, right? They got like green eyes. Or yeah, something. yeah. They're like, what's going on with these guys? And they're like flipping them into tables and like flipping them over the bar. They're breaking like Hollywood glass on them all the time. And then I think one of the, one or all of the mummies is suddenly there. Maybe like the mind fuck one or something. Or I guess we got to get the brain power guy in the mix early. It doesn't matter. Oh, could the fourth mummy be teleporting? I like that. I think that's good. Because that way you could have a mummy go out and look at something and come back. I'm just trying to figure out a way for them to... Well, yeah. So what I like is like, yeah, maybe like, oh, maybe the brain power mummy or I don't know what, one of them's there, right? And they figure out like, like they fight him for a little while. And when he leaves, like the thrall is gone from the construction workers or something. Like they, they somehow kind of figure out like, Oh, these guys weren't sent by Michael Carmine's character, Joe Nefario. Oh, no, I've got it, I've got it. They all have a glowing symbol on their forehead, and He's, Branscombe's like, I've seen that at the museum. Yes, there we go. So then, like, then the yeah, then you... What are you talking about? And they're like, we just set up this giant fucking pyramid. It's full of Aztec mummies. It's well, everywhere. It, it's written all over the walls. And then you have that great scene where they're hanging out, and Branscombe comes in with a bunch of books... And they're like, oh, you're not going to give us homework, are you? And he's like, just listen to me. And he opens it up. He's like, see, this is the symbol from the other night. It's like a, that's yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And that's, I like this movie too, because this is going to work the way that I like a lot of action movies to work, where it's not, it, it is kind of three acts, but it's basically just like, this happens, then this happens, and this happens, and this happens. We're just riding a wave, I think, in this movie. Yeah, and I think you've got to have like, I think there's like a, hmm, how do I want to do this? Like maybe like an officer-friendly kind of character who like, yeah, yeah, like I, I think, I think I, like to your point about uh, in Halloweeners, like uh, you have to, you have to have an adult act like an adult. And then, you know, like they, like, okay, what would you do logically? Like, okay, maybe these guys would go to the cops and maybe their excuse for going to the cops is like, look at us, we're punks. Like there's no way they're going to help us. But I love right, the idea not, of like, they're not going to go to the cops, but they're going to have that two line cliche where it's like, we got to tell the cops, like really? Who are they the going to listen to? Yeah. A, like, bunch, of, a bunch of punks. Or Michael Carmine. <laughs> yeah, so I think, and, and then like, and he has to say like, they can just be mind controlled too. Yeah, no, I, no, it, that, that, that totally tracks. I, wait, wait, I, is, I, is the reason, are they, are, are the crushers immune to mind control because like their hearing's blown or like, or they have to like put on headphones and listen to like metal or new wave or something to drown out the brain, like the mind control? Maybe they're just, dumb Can we do that <laughs> they're just not smart enough yeah just play them as like 
Bill and Ted type characters that are so dumb that they're absolute geniuses? So let's do both. So so the mummies are having a super hard time like getting Matthew McConaughey's like brain. He's like, what's happening? And then they figure out if they just, cr if they have a boom box and they just crank up their music, then it drowns out like the mind control frequency. So now they've got to be in the car. They've got to be blasting heavy metal. They've got medieval armor on. Like I'm starting to really, now I, now I feel like we have found the Crypt Crushers. I feel like, this is this is really gonna this is really happening now. I'm really on board with this now. Also, I wanna I wanna revise. I don't think that they go to the medieval wing. I think they loot the entire museum. I was so gonna like, bring that up at the time, but you were kind of flowing. I would much rather see them like grab like samurai armor and well, I think it's a mix match, right? Like I think like, like all kinds yeah. of Yeah, like, it's like fo football pads with a katana with like a, you know, a World War II helmet. Like they're just garbage. Cowboy bandoliers with, yes. you know, yeah, exactly. I like one of them gets one of them picks up some old west six shooters, but he's wearing like a medieval breastplate. Exactly, perfect. Like yes, perfect. okay. And now, okay, that's great. So then we have the we have the big showdown at the museum. I think we just monster squad it. We go one mummy, two mummy, three mummy, four mummy. We just get them out of the way. One, two, three, four, five. All right. Now I need to bring up something, and I think we're going to have to deal with this in a shitty way to make this movie work. I'm just okay. saying that. All right. We don't have a female character. She's not going to have much of a role in this. She's probably going to be like a regrettable late 80s does nothing character. But I think we got to have one in there. And I, I don't know if it's the Lou Diamond Phillips love interest. I don't know if it's like a groupie for the band. It's got, it can, it can be, I like the idea of the female character as comic relief. That really didn't happen in 80s movies that often. Like maybe there's a like a groupie of the band and she's legitimately funny, you know? Yeah, I, I get it, man. Okay, yeah, this is gonna be tough because we, I mean, could, we, could, token, we could token cast a girl into the band. I don't I, do that. Yeah, I, it doesn't feel right. It also- I mean, unless you pull McConaughey and, but, and, and do the girl bass player thing, which I'm fine, I'm fine with doing that. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't hate, I don't, like, I don't hate the idea of a girl in the band. I don't, the, I just love these four boys. I like these four <laughs> gentlemen so much. I, I, I don't know if it's, we could, we could, and that's what I said. I think we, in order to keep the movie the way that it is and make mm -hmm. it work, we may have to do what we preempt so many Land X so like you could have a female a female in charge of the of the museum or a female or you could even have as much as I love him Michael, Car Michael Carmine's character could be a woman what do you got I think we can do this and still be true to the spirit of the time that we are saying this movie came out without being shitty all right hit me with it I think we need two female characters okay I think Michael Carmine has a second in command who's like a, like, tough as nails, like, ice queen, corporate, like... Oh, pantsuit lieutenant lady. Yes, yeah, yeah, pantsuit, yeah. a pantsuit lieutenant. And he treats her like crap, but she treats the people below her like crap. It's like the shit flows downhill, right? Can we flip her? Well, so here's what I'm thinking. She gets mind-thralled, right? And she's horrible. And then the band, somewhere along the way, yeah, flips her. And she's like, man, fuck my boss. Because, like... While she was like, okay, yeah, oh, maybe that's it. Maybe she goes oh, no, under the- she murders. She kills Michael Carmine. 
I don't hate that. What I was going to say is I think she goes under the thrall, but she can remember everything that happens. And Michael Carmine isn't under the thrall because he's doing that thing bad 80s villains do where he tries to like bargain with the more powerful villain. Sure. So he's like working with the Aztec mummies to like get them underground and get them the stuff they need. And the whole time he's like, oh yeah, fuck her, fuck all my people, like do whatever you want. And then when she- He sees the impending crime that will happen as a perfect excuse to demolish the neighborhood. Yes. So he, okay. he's, he's doing that thing like- That's like you know, two scenes. That's so easy to do. Yeah, it's that thing Cobra Commander did in the G.I. Joe movie, right? Like as soon as he meets a more powerful enemy, he's like, I guess I work for you now. <laughs> like, yeah. so, so when, they, when they like bonk her on the head and she loses the thrall, she remembers all the shitty things he, sh- he said. And she's like, I quit. Like, uh, whatever. So I think you could just get away with that one. I think you could get away with like a villain that flips- uh, I also think that a a rock journalist makes a ton of sense. 80s movies loved to give, like, Bloodsport did it. Um, yeah. A ton of movies were like, let's just put a journalist in the mix who's like, I mean, Big Trouble Little China did it. Like, like somebody kind of who has moxie, and I think she's, like, covering the band, or maybe she's, like, covering what's changing in the neighborhood. Well, maybe that replaces my groupie character. Is that, cause yeah, I don't, I don't like her as a groupie. I think that's the wrong no, thing. I want her to... I'm saying I, replaces the... Take the groupie character out. You right. still have this little like group of people that follows the band. Like maybe she's like she's doing zines and she's involved. That's with- what I'm saying. Yeah, she's putting flyers up to like save save the neighborhood. Like that, she's still not as she doesn't have as much agency as we would like for her to have. But that's not a crappy way to do that. Well, no, and I I think I think she's yeah I think she's actually the moral compass in the sense that the band is like the whole neighborhood's going away fuck it, nothing matters. And she's actually like an activist. She's like hanging up flyers. She's publishing a zine. She always has a camera on her. Like she's trying to document the neighborhood. Yeah, and like, she's April O'Neil. She's our April O'Neil. She is April O'Neil. Yes, she is our April O'Neil to the Crushers, which are our, our, our Ninja Turtles. And that lets Branscombe be the good guy, but he's not the moral compass. He's the guy right. that actually, he, his, his purpose in the plot is to advance to advance the plot <laughs> like he's the guy with information she's she's and then anything that he can't figure out from the museum she's taken a photo of or she's made a recording of or she's done some kind of reporting on well, carmine and that and think, she can tie carmine to the other to the band right and carmine well, and the villain are so we but then also the the mummies become like the scoop of a lifetime right like, it starts off with, like, oh, this is shady real estate stuff. She figures out it's supernatural. And then, and this is the shot I cannot wait for, after they crash the car, they get to the museum, they figure out what's going on, all four of the band members step up and they're, like, cobbled together armor in the hero shot. And then she steps in. She's got the six shooters or the sword or whatever. I was just saying. And then, and then at, the, at the end of the movie, the, the, the last shot is she's now, like, their engineer. That's, well, I was going to say, She's she could be their manager. Oh, even better! I love this. They're in the studio recording the record. Cuts around to the glass window. She's she's the one with her arms crossed, nodding her head. You can see me in the video chat, right? We both (laughs) crossed our arms and started bobbing our heads at the same time. She's like, like, "This is good. This is the sound they've been looking for." (laughs) I like this. I like. Yeah. (laughs) It also reminds me of the turtles coming out of their shells video, which we should do an entire hour of me just talking about that thing. But um. I like this. This is good. This is basically a movie. Let's make sure we've got it all tied up. 
I'm going to let, I'm going to let you, how do, how do, how do we want to start the movie? I think we do a good job when we have like a good opening scene. We got a great final scene. How do you want to start this movie? I think like, I'm thinking crane shot coming down onto the, the street where we can see that, you know, one side is clearly uh, like a little more patina, a little more decay. And then on the other side, there's like a fresh construction zone. Sure, and, sure. and and you like stop on the Nefario development sign and uh, our rock jur- our journalist is trying to get into the site and Nefario and his goons are like, hey, get out of here. And she's like, hey, look, I'm just trying to document this before you destroy the whole neighborhood, you know, blah, blah, blah. This, you know, there's, you should have an archaeologist out here. You don't, you could, you, you have no idea what could be buried underneath this site. We and could be it's, standing on an UNESCO World Heritage. <laughs> yeah, which is actually legitimately a big deal in, in South Texas right now. <laughs> like, I know. And, um, and that, could, that could actually be like, you could have at the end when you're doing your like wrap up, mm. like there's a, because there has to be something that explicitly says the neighborhood is safe. Yeah. So okay. So I think what happens is like, oh, and I'll, we'll get we'll get back to that. So she leaves the site. She crosses the street. She goes to the club. Uh, the band is playing, and she's like, "Oh, you guys have a great sound or something." Like we get we show she's cool. Like no, she, gets she already it. knows them. They're like, "Hey, what's it?" They're having practice. They stop okay. practice to say, "Hey, what's up." Yeah, okay. So they have a chat, whatever. And then I think like she leaves and we stay with the band. Right. And then, okay. and then as soon as she leaves, they're like, all right, listen, one, two, three, four, five. They kick into a song. Um, then drummer leaves, got to go to his. Got to go to work. We got to set that up. Got to go to work. Man, we're not even 10 minutes into this bad boy. Okay, this is great. Yeah, no, and it's, it's really good. So we don't have to do every little scene, but like this is, so now that's good. That's your opener right there. That gets you... Wait, we need to, and then when he says he has to leave to go to his job, I think after that you have the mummy awakening scene. Yep, yep, I think so. You, yeah, you cut back to the construction site. You show him being back unsafe. You show him like. The mummies wake up, then um, maybe you cut to. So now we're, now we're nighttime, because it has to be nighttime when the mummies come out. Branscombe's at his desk. He's rocking out to tunes on his headset, and yep. that's when you see the mummies get into the museum is that what we're at or no see i think i think the i think what we got to see is like the mummies come out we get like the hand busting out of the grave right okay. all right and yeah. then and then i think we've got a oh man branscombe's gone so we can't do the attack that night somebody has to get attacked by the mummies and the journalist has to try and well hmm, man maybe she's put she can just, it's very simple we can just have a scene where she's putting up flyers like save the neighborhood, save the neighborhood. And she witnesses somebody with the glowing symbol on their forehead. Like, oh, you know, you know what it is? You know what it is? No, no, no. Okay, so we see the hand bust out. We cut to Branscombe in the museum. We get a little snippet of him. We set up some Chekhov's guns, but in this case, it's katanas. And like, hey, be careful with those World War II exhibits. Those are real firearms, you know? I originally wanted it to be Chekhov's katana, and they made him change it. because, <laughs> And that's one of history's tragedies. So we set up Chekhov's katana, and then we cut to the scene where the mummies are, are walking the streets. They're out. Uh, they encounter the guys with the lowriders, who we, you know, we have them kill the cat. So we got to set those guys up as like bad. They're selling drugs or something. I don't know. And then... Yeah, they get they get into some kind of fight. Well, the journalist is out hanging up flyers. She hears this noise, rushes over and sees all these dead bodies. And it's like, there's been like a shooting. There's been some kind of crime, whatever. So uh, we set up some, we cut to police tape around this scene. Michael Carmine is there. 
pantsuit lieutenant is there and they're like, clean all this up. Like, I don't want any bad news, blah, blah, blah. She's like, you're covering something up. So now oh, she's- no, I, thought, I thought it would cut more to a scene in um, Nefario Towers where she was like, there's been an incident at the construction scene. But I like having them down there. You're, that's better because then she can become enthralled at the end of that conversation. Yeah, I think like, yeah, like they show up to clean the site, right? And get the journalist out of there. Like they don't want, they don't want anybody like messing with their construction site. So maybe it happens on the construction site. I don't know. And like while, the, while she, she leaves, the journalist leaves. And while Michael Carmine and his pantsuit lieutenant are cleaning things up, the mummies are back on scene. They enthrall them. That's off. So now we go back to the club, and that's when the construction workers attack. Okay, and now we're rolling. Now well, yeah, we get, we just have to get Branscombe back at the back at the club, but I don't think that's any problem. Like, I don't think that's a problem. That's that's easy. We can do that. Maybe he gets off at midnight or something, so he comes back to the club, and they're all just like having a beer. The construction workers show up. They think it's Michael Carmine trying to destroy the club, but they're really they're enthralled. They figure out what's going on. I think the floor to their club collapses. And they figure out that there are these subterranean tunnels, aka crypts. Now we're rolling. Now we're just retreading what we've got. This is yeah. good. Then we we do like yeah we do like a twenty minute dungeon crawl where they're like down in there. We'll do some like some goofy hijinks with you know mine carts and all whatever else. I think eventually they get in the car, they head to the museum, they fight off the mummies, and then man, we just went full Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles too with this one, huh? Like start to finish, it is Secret of the Ooze. <laughs> Yeah, but again, with this movie comes out before Secret of the Ooze, we can sue them. It's yeah, done. they copied us. And um, also, there's some Bill and Ted in there, which is really, really fun. No, I like it, yeah. And it, like I said, it's a mummy uprising movie, which I don't think I've... I mean, I've seen a lot of mummy movies, but I can't remember, like, a cabal of evil Aztec... There's certainly never been that. Yeah, I like that element a lot. And I think, man, I think if you play... American film anyway, I'd be interested (sighs) to see if there's like a crazy like Mexican horror movie out there that's kind of like I'm just, I'm so into this idea of like Aztec sorcerer mummies. Like... I really like this one. And I... We we barely talked about McConaughey being in this movie. That's how good that concept is. We just needed like a definitive South Texas white guy to be in the band. Yeah. And that's McConaughey like very early in his career, he's basically kind of going to do what he did in Fast Times. He's not going to do much more than that. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I buy... We're going to have to be... So, yeah, yeah. I think it's not It's not a martial arts movie. Like, these guys aren't flipping dudes. They're, like, haymaker swinging. They're getting, they're getting beat up as much as they're beating up. Yeah, as well as taking, like, psychic damage and fire damage and... Yeah, yeah. They're just getting the crap beat out of them. Again, they're more, they behaviorally, they're more Bill and Ted than they are Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles is just kind of a convenient way to delineate who does what. And I think probably of the time you probably, whether it sounds great to do it or not, I think probably what we should do is have the April O'Neil type character be the Lou Diamond Phillips love interest thing. And sure. I like that. They get together. That's a nice little thing to have. So it keeps it very so, much in the realm of like this is basically a movie for like late teens. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Late teens, yeah, early twenties. I think 
also we've got the pantsuit lieutenant we've got so Michael, michael carmine's character i like the idea of the pantsuit lieutenant flipping i think what the mummies are trying to get i think the MacGuffin is a scroll or something that will give them a new body like so they can and and then i think i think what you have is at the end you have the psychic mummy leader he reads the scroll and he takes over michael carmine's body so now you have michael carmine with like golden horns coming out of him and like feather headdresses and like he's like i mean that's crossing a line maybe i don't know but like I like this idea of like the mummies. Yeah, are, I, got, I get what you're going for. Yeah, yeah the mummies. The mummies are trying to incarnate themselves so they can like talk and walk and all that stuff. And so at the end, we've dovetailed the re- the redevelopment story into the mummy story. They kill Michael Carmine, who is now the psychic mummy, and she, she has to be the one that kills him. That's fine. That's fine. I like that. She then takes over and basically shuts down Nefario development. Like so, you have that scene. You have that scene where like. Her hair has always been up. Now it's down. She's always been wearing pantsuits. She's wearing like just like something more sensible. She's wearing jeans, and yeah, she's sure. talking with the band. And she's like, "No, we're gonna shut down all of this." Like the you know, so or, so, or no, no, no. What it is? They rebuild the club because the club got destroyed, and now it's like the it's like the club from Wayne's World or something. It, now it went, yeah, it went from being a clubhouse to now it's an actual club. Yeah, and it's called like yeah, it, 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 it's like you see tonight the Crushers you know, on the thing. So what we're going to have is we're going to have pantsuit. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh my God, that's delicious. No, no, because it's not the recording studio. It's the new club that they've built on the spot where the mummies were. We go into the club. The band is playing. The crowd's loving it. We pan back to the sound booth. The journalist is there, finger in one ear, cell phone in the other going, no, you can't book them for less than... 100k like you know we'll we'll see you in la next week for the recording session or something like okay the neighborhood's saved the band's successful the real estate development guy's dead the mummies are dealt with everything's kick-ass yeah no and so what we that's nice because we have um pantsuit lieutenant ties up the neighborhood is saved element yep and then we have the character wrap up with the shot into the club this is very 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 nice now we need to handle uh, something really quick. Is we need to cast our two female leads. I know. I was just. I was just. And I have been trying in brief moments to go through here, and there are so many people I would love to have in this movie. Um, mm-hmm. I really wanted, and I know this is. I I I I feel happy enough that I I pulled some good casting choices, but I pulled a couple of mainstream ones. I think. At this point, the budget is not going to allow them to snag Ali Sheedy for the April O'Neill role. Okay. Although I really like that for some reason. Like, not Breakfast Club Ali Sheedy. We're talking a few years later. So, like, you know. So, here's what I'm thinking, man. Is there is there a musician who could play the rock journalist? Like, can we get, like, a not like oh, a, not yeah. like a Cindy Lauper, but, like, a... Oh yeah, let's see. And and Texan- like I wonder I wonder if you could legitimize that character more if it was actually like Joan Jett. Or God, if you could get jo- my like my favorite person ever, Joan Jett would be awesome. But she age well, let's how old would Joan Jett be? I'm surprised Joan Jett has never done like an action movie. Yeah, I was thinking like it, it does kind of sound she, like she's she's three years younger than Lipscomb, but then Brant, uh, b- b- sorry, Brant, Brant, b- b- then the guy from Renegade, Branscomb, 
Branscombe. She'd be, she would be absolutely age appropriate. I don't know. I mean, I like, I, I just don't know if that works or not, but I think like, this well, seems like, like, it seems like the kind of movie that they would just like trip over themselves being like, so it's like, oh, we couldn't get Madonna, but we got, what, Tiffany or something? I mean, yeah, yeah, totally. Like, you know, it's, I don't know. It's um, 89, so it's going to be, oh gosh, I have like two friends I'm thinking of right now. I wish I could just pick up the phone and they would give us perfect answers to, you know, I'd, like. I'd submit the Oh, line. what about, what about, uh, could we get Susanna Hoff? Oh, she would be perfect. If I don't know if the if the Gogos are still together, she or, uh, she uh, or the uh, the Bengals. Ooh, that's oh, that's, a good that's one. who yeah. you want. That's who you want is Susanna Hoffs. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. So so good. I I was gonna. Oh man. Yeah. I was gonna suggest. <laughs> You're just looking at pictures of Susanna Hoffs, aren't you? <laughs> no, it just fits the role, man. It's perfect. Yeah, no, no, I know it is. Like that's that's the look. That's it. I was gonna contend Winona Ryder, but I don't know. No, I like the idea of putting another because then you have two musicians in the movie, which I think is cool. Yeah, oh, you're saying you're saying Susanna Hoffs as as pantsuit secretary? No, as oh. as as, as pantsuit lieutenant. No, as April O'Neil. Okay, who you got in the pantsuit role? I don't have anyone right now. Who do you have? Oh man, I thought Gina Davis, but that's all wrong. Oh no, that is just all wrong. That is all kinds of wrong. But that's okay. Swing and a miss is all right. Oh man, okay, I got two. I got two. I got two. All right, um, okay, I I submit to you. Yeah. Okay, I have two. I submit to you. Number one, Claudia Christian from Babylon Five and The Hidden. Ooh, how did you check if she's age appropriate? I imagine she is. Uh, she would have been perfect 1965. She would have been. Oh yeah, she's right in the wheelhouse. No, she'd be she'd be great. Striking eyes, tall brunette. I think I think it fits the corporate thing. The other one, a little older, Sandal Bergman. Ooh, you know what I? But I like Claudia Christian better. I like like Claudia Claudia Christian. Christian. All right, so Claudia Christian is in there. She's in the mix. So Crip Crushers, starring. It's a good cast. It's a good cast, but I think they're all gettable in the late 80s the two big gets are Susanna Hoffs and and Lou Diamond Phillips yeah if you can get Lou Diamond I think the rest falls into place because La Bamba is 1987 so okay. if you can get Lou Diamond Phillips off the heels of La Bamba yeah and you can get Susanna Hoffs the other guys are either up-and-comers at that time unknowns or working actors yep I like this a lot. This feels good, man. I like Claudia Christian in that role. That feels good to me. I think her and Michael Carmine are going to be great on screen together. I think that's a good match. I love, I, I like that we did the band first because that made the rest of it easier. So much easier, yeah. Obviously, these guys are not going to literally play their instruments. So right. what, what band is being dubbed over them? As, oh, as, Andre Escovito writes the music for the film. So are we saying that the, then this is a vehicle for Alejandro Escobedo's music? Well, they wanted his music, so they gave him a role in the movie, see? I got you. You don't want to throw, you don't want to throw like a... I think, I think it's better to be like music by Alejandro Escobedo. That was kind of at his right. very cool, like playing the Continental and Liberty lunch every week kind of era. I think it'd be perfect. Oh, I, I mean, I would love to see this movie. All right. I've gotten there. It took me about 
30 minutes and then I was like, I can't wait to see this movie. I gotta see this movie. Gotta see this movie. I love this. So, so I think that's it. I think we can put a bow on Crypt Crushers. I think, I think we can. And I think, I think it's a success. I think, I think that's a, I think that's a definite Planet X film. I would definitely love to go see it. I would I love it. Well, thank you again, Andy Kettler, for the suggestion. Uh, great title, man. Thank you so much. Thanks. Yeah, dude. Crypt Crushers, uh, McConaughey, Escobedo, Phillips, Richard, Hoffs, Christian. We have Aztec Zombies. It's great. You know what? Somebody, out there, somebody out there who's buddies with us, be, be, a, be a lamb and mock up a movie poster for every one of these movies because I so want to see all of those people. <laughs> yeah, any, if anyone out there is a copyright attorney, could you also help us get like patent pending on everything we're doing? I know yeah. we're like, we are, we, are, we, are, we are walking into some pretty litigious waters with some of the things we say, but like... There's a lot hey. of like freewheeling IPs being thrown around. <laughs> Uh, no joke i was i was really scared to get a letter after halloweeners from the disney legal department <laughs> like we made frankenweener and also this is the worst movie we've ever heard <laughs> yeah um, i'm actually thinking back on it though uh especially for like a, a first swing i'm 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 kind of proud of halloweeners i have to say yeah yeah it worked out well well we've got we've got three great movies now we got halloweeners we got how great thou art and now we have crypt crushers so crypt crushers and we got three in the can we're doing great yeah yeah Making movies is easy yeah it's this is so i don't even know why you went to film school because i'm sitting <laughs> in the living room doing nothing and i'm crushing it although i have to say this week you really did uh, a lot of heavy lifting i really i thought uh, uh, it, even if you didn't do more heavy lifting i feel like uh kind of you saying let's name the band was kind of your let's put carl weathers in the movie for um how great thou aren't you got you got you're good at getting that initial spark i like that i just think i don't know for some of these you know you're starting with nothing it just helps to have something to hold on to like yeah you know, if, you, if you know a young christopher walkins in it then other pieces start to become obvious yeah i and i i think having a band and the band and then mummies mummy uprising mummies instead of vampires that was i think you know, a, yeah, I'm so glad we kept this contemporary too. This uh, this is so much better than any sword and sorcery movie we could have come up with. Yeah, I'm sure we will do many of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but like the thing about sword and sorcery, right? Is like every one of them is going to be like, okay, his name's Zor. He's from Kervlanthia. His family was killed. He's a great swordsman. He has a magic weapon that's like a silver chain, and he has to defeat a wizard named Morglack. Have we not shown that movie? That sounds great. Yeah, I mean, they're all the, I mean, like, I fucking love them. Don't get me wrong, but like, oh man, we're, it's going to be challenging for us to come up with a compelling and original sword and sorcery film. <laughs> if not us, then who? Yes, if not, if not us, then who? This is what we were born to do, Blair. <laughs> if not us, then who? Well, that was, that was great. I'm really proud of that one. Uh, again, kind of pulling teeth at the beginning, and then by the end of it, I cannot wait. I'm I'm furious that it doesn't exist. <laughs> I I I was about to throw my table over here. I was because uh, it's a tiny table. I can't throw big tables over. It's like a TV tray. I get. I was about to throw it over and raise. Like, why does this movie not exist? That's that is fantastic. And well, I. The suggestions I have to say have been have been very very good. I cannot wait to 
hear what else uh, we, we come up with because people have been sending me great suggestions. I don't know about you, but I have easily a dozen really good ones. At nice. And if you're listening and you want to send in those suggestions, you can do that right over there at planetxcinema at gmail.com or at our website, planetxcinema. Uh, that's it for us. That's it for Crypt Crushers. Uh, I think we crushed this one. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it. Please don't let us end on a pun. We're going to end on a pun, aren't we? Okay, bye. <laughs>